Hey, you like cars? Well, so do I. Take a seat real quick. You're listening to Car Quicks. episode first time doing this and i'm hoping that i can be consistent music in the background provided by yours truly exactly you hear the beats knocking if you want to track holler at me i go by a different name for the tracks okay since 84 snc 84 anyway this ain't about that this is about this podcast for cars because i'm a heavy car person but following cars listening to podcasts Smoking Tire, Modded, um, Spike Lee Car Radio. Which other ones? Donut Media. A lot of them. I like I like all of them. And I just wanted to add my own little spin to it because I kind of like the idea of mono podcast that maybe, who knows, in the future might have somebody on here. I don't know. I kind of think of people like Ben Baller. He kind of talks with himself, and I like it. I just... I mean, I have these thoughts in my head anyway, so might as well put them out in this year, beginning, this first episode, January 2023. My goal is to be consistent at least twice a week, at least, well, let's just say at least once a week, every single week, because I'm reading about this car information, knowledge, and there's a couple topics and stuff I like to talk about, add my own spin, my own jokes, my own sarcasm, my own thoughts, you know, so... This begins that. My name is Cameron. Car Quicks is what I go by for these episodes. They're going to be kind of quick. I don't think I'm going to get to the point just yet early on where I'm in some long-winded, hour-long episode. I would definitely have to have somebody with me at least unless we're talking about a real big topic. But let's cut to the chase. This is my little intro. I'm not going to add this to the next episode. This is kind of just giving a little background of who I am. Um, actually, I didn't even give a background. Let me just, all right, let me just throw this out there then. All right, here's a little background. I don't work in the automotive field right now. Let's just cut that right out. Now, I'm in the tech field, but I started in the automotive field. I went to school, went to Lincoln Tech, did automotive, did the whole certification, the whole process, and I went to go work at Ferrari. That was my first job outside of school, which sounds nuts in comparison, but I pestered and bothered this ferrari dealership in elizabeth new jersey for over a year every single day i went there and said you need to hire me i want to work under one of your guys so on and so forth long story short i get hired there it didn't last as long as i wanted it to because at a young age i just didn't understand some of the politics involved was very high-end machinery italians being the only minority black kid in vicinity of this place. Nobody else was looking like that. Not that that had any bearing on things. It's just that in hindsight, you always know that you're young and your mind can't really articulate how you're feeling about certain things, or how business is going and no harm, no foul. I learned a lot there. And from there, I went to go work with car dealerships as a service advisor, uh, assistant service manager, things like that. 
Then I got into the car show kind of spokesperson scene. I was with Cadillac and GM as a spokesperson for their golf tour. Oh, you know, you jump if you had one of those golf tours and you jumped inside of a Cadillac Escalade or any other event that they're a brand ambassadors for Cadillac, I'd probably stand there and drove you around and talked about all the features and coolness and CTSV got 556 horsepower. We drove down the street real fast and all that. And then from there, I kind of got into the promotional world. That job gave me kind of a, I was networking with people that had, you know, been in the promotional world, people that worked at, you know, football games, basketball games, this stuff for big corporations like Pepsi, Coca-Cola, you know, Sephora, all these brand ambassador jobs and tours I got involved with. And that basically segued me into getting into the tech world because I did some job for Microsoft and their Xbox team. And then from there, I got into being something of a Microsoft specialist. And then from there, I got into the tech world. So that's kind of how I got here. And during this entire time, I've always had a love for cars. It's never dwindled. It hasn't at any point in time gone down. It's only increased with time. I've had a few cool cars. I'm not some person that had a mass collection because Unfortunately, I have a lot of other hobbies. I mean, if it was just cards with me, I think I would have already had like 30 or something like that where people talk about I had this project car and this project car. It's like I'm dividing time amongst many things I love, traveling, food, sneakers, music, um, art, you know, family. It's just I'm I'm dividing my time up. So this is just one of many things, but a very, very big part of the pie. Some of the cool cars I owned... My first car is a 240SX, you know, built it into, you know, what everybody wants to do now. I never got into drifting. I didn't have the money for it. I was kind of looked at it like, hey, I want to follow what they're doing, but I ain't got the money to be drifting and almost flying into walls and burning up tires. I looked at all the option magazines. I had Toge, Volume 1 through whatever DVDs that I was buying when I was younger watching the Japanese people in the mountains flying around the corners, you know, streetfire.net, if anybody remembers that, old YouTube videos. I mean, all of that. I was in all of it. I was in the forums. After the 240, I got into the Volkswagen MK2 GTIs, GLIs. I still love those to death. I love those cars. And then from there, I I moved. You know, I like to travel. So, you know, the car thing kind of took a back burner. I was driving around like an Oldsmobile Alero. I wanted to live somewhere else. I moved to Houston, Texas. I lived in out of the country for a bit. I just went around to where I wanted to travel. So that kind of didn't spring up that much. But during that time, I always read magazines. I always had internet access. I always was looking at videos, reading about them, and just following people's builds, stanceworks.com, looking at you know, all these t- different forums, whether it's RX7 Club, Zilvia.net, whether it's, you know, the civic forms that wherever it may be, I was just kind of there reading about them. And wasn't that I owned the car or was aspiring to get the car. I just enjoyed my time reading about them. And from there I had a WRX hatchback. And then I had that for a while. Then I moved to, you know, out of state again. So I sold that car. Then I had a family. So I bought a Volkswagen sport wagon, which I always liked those cars. So it was kind of cool, fun family thing. Then I had an S2000. I sold that. Then I got, you know, my wife a Jeep Cherokee for the family again. Then we had a Sequoia. And then 
I kind of didn't get anything else again. Um, currently, right now, I don't have anything fun. I drive a Honda Fit. But, and I say but, I kind of stayed back and I watched the industry. I had desires to buy certain things. And then something popped up that pretty much speaks to my soul and not everybody else's. And that was the GR Corolla. I love the WRX. I love the hatchbacks. I waited for the new WRX to come out now, the 2022, just to be disappointed that Subaru just kind of doesn't care as much as they previously did. So while I thought about getting some older cars, I just I have a desire to be a part of a newer platform that I want to be at the forefront of what they're building. So back in April, I put a deposit down for one of these GR Corollas. I'm number like two, three on a list and a few others. So I'll get one. Um, but this this kind of segues into what this episode's about. This episode is titled ADM or Markup. How much do we really care? And the reason why I'm making this my first episode is because you hear it all the time. And having a deposit on a very desirable car, and I'm not going to dive into the information about the car yet. I'm almost going to save that episode for when I get the car and I'm driving it. And then I'm going to circle back here and we're going to talk about what's what it's like to own a GR Corolla. But the GR Corolla is... Like the it's like the last of the Mohicans, right? There are no more all-wheel drive, inexpensive hatchbacks from any Japanese manufacturer outside of Honda, the Civic Type R. We're at the end. Now, Volkswagen has the GTI, the Golf R, Audi RS3 hatchback stuff in the UK, Europe. But in the America in America, we have really nothing. If you're talking about hot hatchbacks, sporty. Um, well, actually, hold on. Before I keep going, the Veloster N is one, but Hyundai already announced that they're about to in, in that as well. So we're really looking at a last of a, of a dying breed. Hatchbacks that are fun and sporty aren't really what people want. They're buying crossovers and SUVs. That's where the money is. Everybody's seen it. Ferrari even tried to hold out as long as they could, and they saw how much money Lamborghini was making and Porsche, and they were like, you know what? <laughs> Give us the bag. Now, mark up an ADM. ADM adjusted dealer markup markup basically when you look at a car and the manufacturer says it's going to start at $30,000 you go to your local dealership you step in there you say I want to get one of these they say hey we got one coming in you call back they say yeah it's going to cost you 35 and then you're confused because you're like MSRP says 30 why is it 35 and they'll say market adjustment we're following what the market says and everybody is pissed off. Now, I get it. These cars are not cheap. Everything's already mad expensive. Inflation, interest rates, it's, you know, it, it's you already hear it. If you watch the news or if you're anywhere in the vicinity of Twitter or TikTok, there's a gajillion videos about the end is nigh. It's all bad. Hunker down and pray. However, my question that I bring up is how much do we care? And if a lot of it is just circumstance, maybe some of it's privilege, maybe if it was the, if the coin was flipped the other way, would you really care? And that is kind of based on why it still happens, right? So let's just use the GR Corolla for it because this kind of sprung board that because it's the latest car and it's the latest one that's getting hit with the with some of the most egregious you know, dealer markups, including the Civic Type R. So 
I'll use both actually. The Civic Type R and the GR Corolla are both in this. I'm gonna shoot high under forty-five thousand dollar range of hot hatch. The GR Corolla very specifically starts off below that in the thirty-six thousand dollar range. The Civic Type R pretty much is optioned out as you buy it at forty-three, forty-four. So let's just say between 36 and 45 is this kind of sweet spot of hot hatch sport compact cars that people like to buy and modify drive track events, all this stuff. Right. So that price pretty consistent and pretty well. I mean, we can nitpick things like interior trims and whether or not it has an armrest and all these other things. But bottom line is they're pretty much priced as they should. And so because of that, most of the time when you're buying one of these cars, you have married yourself to the idea of what that car will cost. You're not interested in it costing more unless we're talking about modifications. If I'm throwing some work wheels on, if I'm throwing some KW suspension, if I'm hollering at HKS for an intake, I mean, yeah, fine, I'll add money for that. But if you tell me that you want another five to $10,000 on top of the car and I don't get nothing but a pat on the back saying good job you got the car that's a problem like i understand too that i ain't i'm not feeling that like and we almost have nothing we can do because in the midst of me saying i'm not feeling that i also know that i too could fall on the other side where i would just pay it and move along and so that's why i rate you know put this episode of you know do we really care and the reason why I say that is because there are some people that care. I'm on the forums. People care. They're talking about it. There are people trying, you know, drawing lines in the sand saying we must stand together and the ADM is going to start coming down. And it does adjust as the years go on. But my it, it just may never go away. Right. So really, the, the story that goes with markup and ADM is the dealerships are pretty much beholden by the power that they have. Manufacturers outside of people that are direct to consumer like Tesla, they are only building a car and sending it to the dealer network and letting the dealer network take it from there. Now they do care about the reputation that the dealerships do give their brand when it comes to the markup, but some of these places aren't dropping in sales. So like, even if a few people back down and say, I'm not paying a markup, I'm only paying MSRP, then it still isn't making it as far up the top as it needs to. Case in point, Toyota. The GR Corolla is a Toyota. Toyota cars sell all the time. They're consistent. Their sales are always high. I think they're the number one manufacturer in the world again or just in the U.S. They sell a lot of cars. They never have anything in inventory, right? Their stuff just comes and goes. People die you know live and die by the brand their reliability is is world-renowned and so while there is markups it's not like the people have another option right i bought a toyota sienna we have a 2022 toyota sienna xse and i was fortunate enough to get in before things went crazy but it was also almost a bad time but since then there are no Siennas that I have seen personally. There are a few scattered MSRP dealerships in smaller towns. But if you're in a major city, you know, Godspeed, okay? Because most likely you're about to pay over on a minivan, which sounds crazy because who was buying minivans before SUVs were the thing? I, I, I don't even know. 
When I went to get ours, all of a sudden the Sienna was the most popular thing smoking. And I was like, this is nuts. Who? Nobody likes minivans. I am one of the few that do. But anyways, so with that being said, you right now have a situation where your options are limited if you care for the brand. If you care for the brand, if you care for the cars, you only can do so much. You only can do so much waiting. Sometimes you're in a situation where you have to get the car now and you're going to end up paying for that. But if it was flipped where you had the means and it wasn't an inconvenience and it was more about time, would we care? And I know with the GR Corolla, it gets interesting because we're talking about emotional purchases here. The GR Corolla is an emotional purchase. There's no practicality out of it other than that it's four door and a hatchback for us, for us enthusiasts. We just want the car because it's a fast hatchback. If all you care about is a hatchback that's four doors, there's a regular Corolla, there's a, there's a other sedans and cars that can fill that void, but none that are all-wheel drive, 300 horsepower, three-cylinder with the racing pedigree of Toyota and the, the Gazoo racing team and the, you know, just the whole history about it. That all matters. That's why people like the Type R, the history, the heritage. That's why we care. So, from the outside, while it might look like a mundane little hatchback with some boxy flares on it, we understand what the ethos of that car is. I mean, similar to the WRX and STI and the Evo, they were based on Lancers and WRXs and Imprezas. Their base car, if you peel everything away, is based on a regular practical sedan. And then obviously things get added to it that turn into something better. So that's why we love those cars. So that's why we like them. And so for that reason, you get into this emotional state. I want the car. The dealer says it has this markup. Most people, if you're smart, obviously makes very smart financial decision to back off and say, hey, I'm not going to pay that. I'll wait till you guys calm down and relax. Now, that's their dice roll. Are they going to calm down? Are you near one of the very few MSRP dealerships? They're very few and far in between. And the ones that are like that, the list that they have for the car is absolutely ridiculous or any other car that normally gets a markup. If it's at an MSRP dealership, like an MSRP Toyota dealership, if you haven't already called ahead, like if you saw the new Prius and you haven't called ahead already, you probably far back on the line. And so when I went to order this GR Corolla, I actually looked around and called hundreds of dealerships around my area I, know, I said hundreds but that's an exaggeration i called all the dealerships in the state and i was just asking what are you charging what are you paying what are you doing and i found an msrp one that i got very high on the list with and i still have other fuse that i called and put my name on or put a deposit with because i really want the car now the one i went as msrp and then the others are kind of in this gray area where they're like mm, we're gonna see what happens when it shows up and I had to be real with myself because I have some ideas and some desires I want for the car. And I guess maybe because I've been sitting on the sidelines, I was not opposed to the idea of a markup. And maybe I'm part of the problem. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Dave Ramsey would have a heart attack right now. <laughs> but maybe I'm part of the problem, right? That's why I said, do we really care? I mean, how much do we care? Like, how much is it too much? Now, if they say it's 10000 to 15000 20000 over, that's astronomical. I'm laugh you out the building. But on one of the forums I was on, there was a poll that said, how much would you be willing to go? And I said, my max up top is 5000 And that's still ridiculous to even consider 
when you're talking about there was a manufacturer suggested retail price, and I'm going to get to that, you know, suggested part soon, but they already gave a number. So why would you be willing to pay over that number? And the question is, and the answer is, I don't know. It's emotional. I want the car. I mean, it's no, I can't justify it. I'm not going to sit down and say, you know why I did this? This is, I got some hard facts on why you should have did it. No, it's just all emotional. I want the car. I want it at this time. I want to do stuff with the car. I want to record. I want to shoot content. I want to drive on the track. I want to do stuff with the item. And I don't want to wait. And I'm looking at people drive the car. And I want to drive the car too. And so that's why I can be more honest about it. Some people won't be open or they'll bash other people and say, you're part of the problem. That's why we can't get nothing in the ADM market. We keep buying these cars. The, the point of the matter is, somebody's always going to buy something. I mean, only very few markets will take a very big hit. That's usually on a very high end. Like, you know, G-Wagons right now are like dirt cheap, but they were sky high, you know, $300,000 for, you know, boxy trucks. I just call them Wranglers is better leather, but I mean, people love G-Wagons. And so you have that, you have that industry, that market of it, for this particular car, will it go down? I think a GR86 or a Supra still has some markup. Is it as high as it was when they first came up? No. Toyota Sienna, um, Ford F-150, the Ford Lightning pickup truck. I mean, those still have a markup. It's probably gone down since then a tad bit, but it still kind of exists. And there's not much that could be done unless you're at it. Like I said, there are not every dealerships like this, but it's kind of like a universal umbrella term that some places have, most places have markup. So the ones that don't, this doesn't apply. And in order to fight, if we were to fight this, if somebody said, why can't we just stop this whole thing? Well, unfortunately, you would have to basically lobby and fight them in Congress or whatever political, you know, judicial branch it has to be and have a lot of money because they have billions. I mean, billions and billions of dollars is why these companies don't do anything. Now, to play devil's advocate, I will say the manufacturers could do something, but they ultimately don't care as far as their reputation isn't taking that bad of a hit. And what I mean by that is the people on my on the forum, and I keep using a GR Corolla because that's just kind of the, I don't want to make this a theme, but this is just what I know because it's what I'm buying. Everybody on the forum from what I, for the car I want, is against the markup. They're just mad about it. Now, I do know that most of the people, that a lot of people in there that already have the car just looked at it pragmatically. I want the car. They have it there. They're charging this much. Now, some people stand on the moral ground of I'm never paying a markup, but some people just don't care. I'm not going to say I'm one of those people that feel like that's just the moral hill I want to die on. I don't care enough. Now, if it's an inconvenience for me, I just won't do it. Now, if somebody else comes behind me and they say, hey, I got 10000 over, I'm going to step aside and say, hey, have at it. I'm not going to look at them bad. They have the means to do it. And that's why I said, how much do we really care? If I had the means to do it, if I was just flush with money, I wouldn't care for the price of a lot of things. A lot of it would be convenience and time. I may pay extra to have somebody go pick it up, sign the papers on my behalf as a you know power of attorney and deliver the thing to me with breakfast. You know, like if I had the means to do it, I would do a lot of convenient things, you know. And that's 
not that ADM is a convenience. It's just, I mean, obviously it's profit for the business. You see, it gets complicated. It gets complicated. It gets complicated. Yes, it's a business. It's profit for them. I still need the dealership to get the car. So it's a business transaction. I, you know, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. What I do know is that everybody has to approach it by what makes sense for them. If what you see and what you want and there's a markup or ADM on it and you're just not comfortable with it, then I, by all means, back the heck up from there. Don't do it. Should the dealership and place be bashed? I don't know. I mean, some places are egregious. Some are following the trends of the market. So everything has to be played as it as it is. I don't care about the salesmen. You know, it's not their fault. They're just they're marching orders, right? The GM or whoever's name is on the building of the dealership, Sir Francis Lewis, you know, Ford, Mazda, whoever has the name on the dealership or the owner, the GM ultimately has the power to decide how their cars are going to sell and what their bottom line is looking like. And they got all the historical figures to tell them if they're losing sales, or if they have customer retention and all of that. So they'll decide if they want to have the, the markup or not. And the salespeople are just relaying that information. So I never get offended by it. I just take it with, what do you want to do? Are you okay with that? Is there a number that you're okay with? Are they willing to come to that number? And are you happy with the deal? Because ultimately, we're just doing business deals. And everybody just needs to get to a place that they're both happy. And I look at it like when you're buying a house, right? If you're buying a house and somebody came to you and said, I got 300000 for your house. And somebody behind them said, I got three hundred and twenty-five. I mean, there might be some other details about who the people are, what the other person's intentions are, but you're going to very much consider the higher amount of money given to find out if that is a better deal. Maybe the other person is a developer and they want to tear down your grandmother's house and you want somebody to actually live and, you know, and contribute to the community. So you may not be feeling the extra 25000 but that's what I say is like, it's a double-edged sword. We all go back and forth depending on what it is and what things are charged and what they're not charged. And, you know, I go to the gas station, you know, you might pay $1.50 for the Arizona. It says 99 cents on it. But what you want me to do? I want some Arizona. And you got it. And I got to pay the price for it. Now, that might be an extreme example because somebody's like, it's not the same thing. You're talking about $36,000 and an extra 5000 40000 plus tax. I absolutely understand this. I completely understand. Now, as I said, I have a deposit at MSRP dealership. I have a few in inquiries at places that are not really necessarily, I don't think they are. They're kind of, you know, in this gray area of just saying, and really what it's going to come down to for me is how fast I want to get the ball rolling with what I want to do with the car. And I don't know. I mean, I might have a more f philosophical idea of this, but life is short, right? And some of the things you want to do or some things I want to do with my son and stuff with the cars. And it's just like I can see how much fun it's going to be. And I just want to get started. And so sometimes that's what kind of drives some of the things that we accept in life. Maybe it's not exactly the most convenient thing. Maybe it doesn't make the most sense. Maybe you could wait. Maybe I could. I mean, obviously, I'm waiting. I don't have it now. <laughs> so I'm waiting. But maybe you could wait some more. But I don't know. If it's there in front of you and you're like, I can do it, then I see a lot of people that do it and I don't knock them for it. And that's why I know 
it's never going to be a happy meeting between this. There are people that have been following this car that are on Facebook, and I know for certain they just haven't said a word. They just pop up and say, I got the car. Now, some people will comment and say, well, how much did you get for it? Did you get an MSRP? Did you pay a markup? And I know all they're trying to do is just trying to make it seem like that person's a bad person because they paid a markup, or that person's dumb because they did this. This person is a, is a savior because they waited for MSRP, and none of it really matters, honestly. It, it doesn't matter because it's their money. It's their life. I'm not telling you what I paid for because it's not important to you. Like, if I put up the car and I get it, somebody said, did you pay MSRP for it? I'm be like, I paid what the price was. Like, I don't, it, that doesn't matter to me because we're here about the car. We're here about what it can do. We're here about what you want. And that goes for anything you're trying to buy. Sometimes when you, when I know people that wanted to buy a new Sienna. I know people that want to buy new trucks. And they're like, yo, the markup, all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's a bad time. Used cars are actually a better time right now because those are dropping down, you know, like, like a rock off of Niagara they are dropping down fast so you can still go get something you want now if it's something brand new if you see the Tundra Sport if you see the F-150 Raptor if you want one of those then you're gonna have to play the game and the game isn't that great right now because there aren't a lot of bad cars I don't even think you can really say there's a bad car a lot of this stuff coming out right now was really good even the electric stuff rivian had to raise the prices on their on their cars and trucks because well profit margins and all that i also know that they looked at how many pre-orders they got the numbers and what people are saying about their truck and we're like hey listen man crank that price up because they still gonna cop and we need to get some more money same thing with tesla same thing with any of these other cars coming out a lot of the cars are very good and they last a long time. So if you're hung up on the ADM and the markup, I also think of maybe what your intentions are. If you're keeping this car from here to the foreseeable future, this is it, then sometimes that money's a wash anyways because I'm not coming back to play with y'all. When I get this GR Corolla, trust me, I'm out. I'm done. I don't care about whatever is coming out. I have been waiting for something like this for a long time. I'm good, okay? When I get this, only thing I'm doing is driving it and modifying it and I'm back in the scene, okay? That's all I care about. I don't care about anything else that's coming out unless it's something wild, and I just have the money for it. I'll still be reading about cars, but as far as what I'm buying myself, then no, nah, I'm I'm focused on that. And so that, goes, that holds true for anybody else. If you have something that you really want, if it's a brand new car, just know right now, markup, ADM, it's really there. How much we really care about it is all circumstantial. I don't think there's any line in the sand where it's like, you can't pay it and you are part of the problem. In a way, yeah. But if you listen to podcasts like mine, if you listen to things like Smoking Tire, they have, it's a back and forth. It's almost like we contradict ourselves. At one point, it's like, yeah, that's not a good thing. We don't want to do that. The dealerships, they just won't stop. But then on the other hand, if you wanted the car or need the car and it's right there, it's like, well, how much, what do you, where are you fighting your battles? Is this the battle to fight for you? For some, it is. You know, sometimes it is. And if it's not, then some people are just like, whatever. I'm going to fight my battle somewhere else. Maybe when I go buy some coffee, I refuse to pay $15 for the avocado toast. You know what I'm saying? Like some people, they draw their line somewhere. I'm not eating out that much. I don't care to pay, you know, $7, 8 for Chick-fil-A. I'm going to go home and cook. You know, we all have our lines in the sand of where we are. And I think there should be more organic conversation with that and also understanding the emotional aspect of buying cars that we like because the practical purchase is a 
nine-year-old or let's say a five-year-old car that you buy used as you just drive from point A to B. But people like myself who are car enthusiasts, like none of that matters. I can't follow the Dave Ramsey approach because I like cars and that is a part of who I am. If I only can have something I drive from point A to B for the rest of my life, it's going to be a sad life. Like it's not going to be enjoyable. I mean, maybe some of that creeps in now. Right now I drive a Honda Fit. It's okay. But like I truly in my soul miss driving a fun car like it's that's why this is gonna happen i'm buying this car it has to happen it's i'm at the i'm really close to the limit like listen i can't be driving a random just regular car and like i said before for me it opens up opportunity more for my son my kids to see something enjoyable to go to track events to go to car shows to be with camaraderie with the people that matters and is that worth extra if I'm in that position or I'm in that situation? I want to say position. If I'm in that situation where they're like, hey, what you wanted and what you want to do, we're not selling it at MSRP. We're selling it at this price. Now, I'm not doing nothing crazy. Like I said, remember that suggested part, MSRP? That is what most of the manufacturers are going to lean on. And somebody starts, when we start barking up this tree, because trust me, if it was all MSRP across the board, Lord, it would be much better. And I don't really get why some places do want to have this battle. But I guess their customer retention, like I said before, is still good. They have the date, they have the data to drive that. But the suggested part is what is what they're going to lean on. They're going to say it was suggested. And that was a suggested retail price. And the dealerships now have the power to change and do what they want to do. I know. It's how the cookie crumbles. It's how the ball falls. It sucks. I mean, ultimately, I don't think it's a great, I don't think it's a great thing. That's why the question is, do we really care? How much do we care? Like how much, what situation do you have to be in where you care? Where do you have to not be where you, where you do care? If you're in a position where you have something fun to drive right now and this is just an additional to your thing and you can wait, then wait. I can actually wait. I have the other car I'm driving, so I can wait it out. But I understand people that don't want to wait it out. I can be in that same category. I can get into that same mindset. I'm not waiting. I want it now. And that's, that is the joys of being able to make those decisions and make those choices and decide how it fits into your life financially or otherwise, how it's going to work. And so... To close this out, it's a long diatribe about markup. Ultimately, across the board, nobody wants to pay extra more for than what was suggested from the manufacturer for whatever the car it is they wanted. Nobody wants to do that. Unfortunately, right now, we're in a game where we don't have control over it coming directly to us because if we did, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So now you have to ask yourself, how much do you care enough to stand on that ground and never buy anything that's over MSRP? Especially if we're talking about fun cars, fun cars that are unique and exclusive. This is extremely hard to do. You want a new Z06? You're probably playing over MSRP unless you got super early on a list back in the day. You want the GR Corolla, you want the Civic Type R, you want the upcoming whatever's coming out. I don't even, I don't even really know what's coming out next. I mean, after that. I mean, oh, Mustang. You want the new Mustang coming out. That'll probably be a little easier because Ford makes Mustangs hand over fist. Like, they want everybody to have a Mustang. So that might be easier to get, but maybe you want the Dark Horse one. You see? If you ain't on the list for the Dark Horse, they're probably like, hey, you're going to pay extra for that. You're going to pay extra for the Bronco Raptor. You're going to pay, and that's where 
if you just want a standard Bronco, fall back and wait. They're they're going to be available, and they are. But if you want like the very special edition of things or the last of editions, like Toyota, their GR models, I mean, they're like the last manufacturer you would think to be making any of these fun cars. The Supra, the 86, and now the Corolla. It's like, man, you're looking at some of the last that are ever going to do this again, and they're not going to repeat. We are on our way to electric and hybrid. So if a manual gas-powered something or gas-powered supercharged something is what you want, then just get it. Get it how it fits for you. Get it how you live. Get it now because sooner or later when these episodes get longer and I've been doing this for a while, we're going to have episodes talking about when there is nothing. It's going to be a time where like, hey, listen, man, there aren't even any gas cars. <laughs> They're just as toast. It's electric out here. And so I want to be a part of the last run of, you know, fun hot hatches. Hopefully I'm not paying over MSRP. Hopefully I don't get into that situation where I've had enough and my my patience has run thin. Hopefully this, you know, MSRP and it shows up here on time and when it does. I don't know when, probably in a couple, probably in a month or two, maybe a couple months. I don't know. Whenever allocations come again and they tell me. But as far as anybody else out there, if you're sitting on your laurels and you're asking yourself, should I pay ADM or should I not? How bad is this? Should I stand on this? on my moral high ground and say, no, I'm not doing this. All these dealerships are greedy. Well, I would say if you're uncomfortable with it, do not do anything like that. You stand on that ground. If you are a person that's like, this is all business. I need to do this now. I understand that they're going to try to maximize profits. I'm going in there to negotiate down as far as I can get to. We can all reach to a point we all agree upon. Then you're going to sleep fine at night. You're going to say, I did what I had to do. That was the deal I wanted. I decided to do that. And nobody's wrong either way they go. I don't think anybody's adding to it. Some people just in situations that that's what it is. They're not the culprit. They're not the reason why we have markup. The dealerships have control of that. The only real thing that any of us can do is to lobby against it. And I don't really know if that's like voting for your local politician or if that means donating to some type of network like SEMA. I don't know. I just know that we're always this conversation. I don't think is ever going anywhere again since 2020 and COVID. I think the way the manufacturers are moving now is that they are only delivering to the dealerships what's being sold because it probably helps their bottom line, which helps their profits. And the dealership sees that it helps their profits because everything coming in is being sold and nothing's being left behind on the lots and causing them money. And, you know, it's it's a number of things. How I would love it just to be direct to consumer. I mean, everybody would trust me. The Tesla model would be beloved by everybody. And I think you can still do that with the dealer network because servicing vehicles I feel like you'd almost have a cheaper servicing. Like if the dealerships would just service dealerships, then that would be actually kind of dope. Like you just come in, see the car, test drive it, they order it, deliver it straight to you, come back to the dealership if you want additional education on the car, do little uh, software updates, maintenance and, and, you know, service on the vehicle. But everything's focused on the servicing of the vehicle. You probably get better service because you then you narrow down your focus. Like we don't have to worry about having salespeople and desk and all that. When you come in, nice lounges, free snacks, drinks, relax. We're taking care of your car. Here's a loaner if you need it. I think we're getting to that world. And I think maybe not paying, maybe the markup thing is kind of like the last run. It's like the last run of what the inevitable future may hold. Who knows? Do as you wish. Do as you may. Just 
Carquicks. I'll see y'all later. I'm out.